0: Greetings, friends and neighbors, and welcome to episode 15 of the Community Solutions Podcast, coming to you from all of us at the Department of Social and Behavioral Sciences at the Indiana University Fairbanks School of Public Health in chilly downtown Indianapolis, Indiana. I'm Jack Terman, Jr., a faculty member in the department and your host for this podcast. We are glad to be back. Some technical issues and travel schedules caused us to miss a few weeks but we are back for the next few weeks and then we will be taking a holiday break to prepare for the launch of some cool new episodes to kick off 2019. Thanks for sharing our podcast with all your friends and neighbors, we're so grateful. Since starting the the podcast at the end of June, our Community Solutions neighborhood has grown to include listeners in 29 states and the District of Columbia and to 13 other countries. Let's keep nurturing healthy, hope-filled neighborhoods around the globe. Today, Mariana Lopez Owens and Kristen Starkey, project managers in our department, converse with Dr. Gerardo Mapalme, the Associate Dean for Research in our School of Public Health. Gerardo is a staunch supporter for working with community members in public health research programs, and he has done this with great success as he works to promote oral health in immigrant communities. Through the conversation, you will learn about the different ways of including community members in community-based research efforts and how he has done this through Sana, his community-based oral health promotion project for Latinos. I hope you enjoy this conversation and can apply some of its wisdom as you work to be inclusive of all immigrants in your community. Take care and let's join the conversation.
1: Hi, I'm Mariana. I'm Kristen. I'm Gerardo. So let's start out with these questions. So Dr. Mapome, why do you think involving the community in research is so important? When you are trying to solve public health problems, it is absolutely essential that the questions and the solutions are relevant to the community. So if you start from an ivory tower and do not spend time figuring out what are the local social norms, what matters to people, you're running the risk of creating knowledge that it is not terribly relevant to really address problems. That's why instead of assuming that we know everything about the community and this is not uh, detrimental to doing good quality formative research, it is also important to make sure that the community has an opportunity to see what is it that we're planning to do and collaborate at different stages. Now. Community engagement is just one way of saying that we want to work with the community, not on the community. Perhaps most importantly is because of the research question you have in mind. You need to decide what kind of involvement the community is going to be playing in the research you're doing. For example, the highest level of involvement, community-based participatory research, you have community members being part of the operation from the get-go, from the beginning of design, posing questions, deciding what to do, what is a meaningful outcome, how are you going to measure things, and so on and so forth. With community-engaged research, you have a slightly lower level of involvement, but still, it is important to make sure that you're doing things in the eyes of the community as being relevant, being important, and most, uh, most, most of all really the, the issue is that you are addressing a real problem with a real solution. So um, how do you ensure that the issues that we're solving matter to the community and how do you go about um, selecting your community partners? I think the most important aspect here is that the selection of community partners really has to to grow organically from your contact with the community. It would be really hard to think that you can do community-engaged research without having prior knowledge of the community. So the most important thing to keep in mind is that that partnership has to grow organically by making sure that you present yourself as a person that is useful. Uh, to the community, and it brings um, ideas and solutions and uh, proposals that uh, are perceived to be important, relevant, and most uh, of all that they are feasible to be adapted to real life. Now. There is also the issue that uh, whomever is working with community uh, partners needs to have some prior knowledge of that and I think that the Vida Sana study that we are running in Indianapolis and other parts of Indiana is a prime example of that because most of our staff is bilingual. The vast majority of our staff belongs to the group that is going to be our most important partners in the, in the community and the solutions that we are trying to figure out. But the other part that is very important is that we know very well, we have an intimate knowledge of how the community have transactions in terms of daily life, finding health solutions, identifying problems, what has been tested and doesn't work, what is the preferred value of some of the interventions, and so on and so forth. So I know that you work with Latinos and a lot of the work that you do um, with the community and your research, so what, did you, what have you found with your research, and then what you've heard from the community, um, what is the biggest lack of resource for Latinos? I think that uh, we have really a a dual scenario here, because on the one hand, you have uh, uh, Hispanics that have been uh, living in Indiana for some length of time, they have adapted, they have most likely um, some sort of documented status in the country and in Indiana. And then you have another group that are the newcomers, those that, uh, more often than not, will perhaps have an undocumented status. And this is where the uh, range of options to address health problems becomes a lot more uh, limited. And whether we like it or not, we live in an age where these things are uh, rather important. And lack of resources is a major issue because if you don't have access to basic government funded programs then the range of options to address health problems is uh, diminished um i can tell you that for example in other research uh, efforts that we have done in the past it is quite common to find that um, immigrants, not only Latinos but from other communities, will go back uh, to their home country uh, visiting family, let's say once a year or every couple of years, and they will actually solve a lot of those uh, healthcare issues back at home because they know the system better. Perhaps the range of uh, prices uh, will allow them to, to be able to afford more um, comprehensive treatments and that kind of considerations. But the problem right now is that uh, that kind of opportunity for some of the immigrant communities is very uh, limited, and that is simply because their ability to go to their home country is uh, very limited. So we have uh, all sorts of complicating factors that speak to how health problems are far more uh, complex and simply saying, well, you knock at the door of a, of a hospital or a clinic, and then you get the care you need. It is actually a lot more problematic. It depends on what is perceived to be feasible, what is perceived to be affordable, what can be uh, purchased in actual fact, and what kind of uh, uh, medical or dental insurance is available to that person in particular. So, we have a lot of complicating factors that... Uh, intermix with uh, the social, clinical, and uh, epidemiological factors that we detect in communities that originate from outside the United States. All right. So um, what is the Sana study, and how does it relate to everything you just talked about? The Sana study is a large-scale study that is funded by the National Institutes of Health the idea we have is in order to better understand the social norms and the kind of solutions that people implement in response to perceived and actual health problems, they need to understand how they are going to address what is the immediate and the long-term kind of, uh, of situation. One of the problems with um, immigrants, regardless of whether they are recent or long-standing immigrants. Is that their ability to use resources in the community is not as uh, optimal as you would expect from other uh, communities. What the VidaSan is trying to do is to better understand how the evolution of the social groups for these people will allow them to implement better or worse uh, solutions to health problems. The notion goes like this because we hang together with people we feel that we are like, for example, i uh hang around with friends who like to watch uh football on sunday and we have a couple of beers and if i were to hang around with other people who are more interested in doing some cycling and going out uh, rambling in the in the woods uh, my health outcomes would be different from those that are more of an active lifestyle but uh we tend to get together with people that we share values with and we have similar social norms and this is what the Vida sana study is trying to address the main important uh, aspect is that if we look at how people share these values these uh, pieces of knowledge these ideas about uh, health we can figure out what are the most efficient ways of improving outcomes either to diminish the importance or the impact of bad behaviors or to enhance uh, what good behaviors could be in place that help people have better uh, health outcomes.
0: Okay. And
1: for our final question, for the people listening out there, what are five things that our listeners can do to promote oral health um, in their communities? Promoting oral health is not simple. And to, on on the simplest perspective, um, making sure that you brush your teeth at least twice a day with a a fluoride-based toothpaste is a good uh, basis for health. Uh, A professional recommendation is also to floss uh, regularly. But at the end of the day, what we really find when it comes to the community level is that there is a major problem for those uh, communities that rely too much on um, high-calorie food that are very rich in simple sugars. And the reality of the matter is that Western type of diet tends to have a lot of sugar in it. And some of it is hidden, for example, in ketchup or in uh, a canned soup. In reality, simple sugars are a very important part of industrialized food because it increases the, 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 the flavor, makes the texture simpler, extends shelf life, In food industry, sugar is very important. It has the nasty sequel of promoting uh, the growth of bacteria in the mouth. What happens with sugar in the mouth is that bacteria that will normally live there tend to find a more and more receptive environment Mm -hmm. if they have more sugar to feed off with. So what happens is that bacteria that will otherwise just be in the mouth and in small amounts will not cause to decay you will find that what you have is that if you start putting a lot of sugar, there will be a lot of acids that are a byproduct of the bacterial metabolism. So bacteria eat uh, sugar and they release acid. That acid, if it is too prolonged an insult on teeth, it will start undermining the surface of the tooth and eventually it leads to a cavity. Once that it has a cavity, then you will need to see a dentist to have that uh, fixed. The problem is that most of these situations are not really fixing the problem because the disease is the uh, the ecological environment of the mouth. It's not so much that you have a hole on your tooth. That is just a manifestation of a long-standing, noxious environment that is really not all the best for your your mouth. So that's as far as sugar and tooth decay is concerned. Another thing that is important, and I would like to emphasize that, is that uh, gum health, periodontal health, is uh, governed by several factors. But one factor that still remains very important is the use of tobacco because tobacco use, either chewed or uh, smoked, is one of the most important determinants for poor periodontal health. So it is absolutely important that those people that think that uh, tobacco use is not really for them make this leap also thinking that uh, tobacco cessation is a good idea simply because to keep on smoking is going to also affect not only lungs and the likelihood of having cancer, but also because of periodontal disease and problems that will be very hard to to solve unless you get into very expensive dental treatment with a dentist. And thank you so much for the invitation. It's very kind of us.